You're listening to episode six of Fail Hard, a by-design podcast that explores the relationship between fear, failure, and creativity, sponsored by Adobe. I'm your host, Will Hall. Hey, Aunt Violet, you got a sec? When it comes to technology, my Aunt Violet is what you might call a late, late, late adopter. Not only does she not have a computer, but she doesn't even have an email address. So if you're looking to slide into her DMs, snail mail is probably the best way to go. Despite her aversion to most things digital, she has oddly become a power user of one specific piece of technology. Um, Text just seems so cold and... And uh, unfeeling sometimes to me, and could and could easily be misunderstood. I think uh, without the emojis, and when I found them, I just thought they were wonderful. That's right. I'm talking about emojis. She loves emojis, and look, it doesn't matter what the celebration is, whether it's your birthday, it's Christmas, or it's just a Tuesday. You can be sure that that day is going to be accompanied by some thoughtful string of emojis. And they're all just so sincere, bubbly, and delightful. It's as though she's trying to pour her personality into every single interaction. You wanted a person to understand what you meant completely, yeah. And I like those little birthday cakes to send to you with the hearts. (laughs) Yep, that makes sense. And I I guess I do the the emoji with the person laughing, (laughs) I guess to let the person know this is supposed to be funny in case (laughs) it may not be funny to them, you know. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. That's really funny. Yeah, just to make sure they're in on the joke. Um, So delightful, am I right? (laughs) In fact, uh, in the end of our conversation, she said one of the funniest things I've ever heard anyone say about emojis and maybe even about technology in general. I really appreciate those those uh, those those thoughts on emojis. (laughs) You're welcome. They're a wonderful friend to me, and I do appreciate it. You're the only person I know on planet Earth that would say that emojis are such a good friend to you. I know, isn't that silly? But they do get my point across a lot better. (laughs) That's the extent of my computer hood. I swear, we should just pivot this entire podcast and rename it to Tech Hood. (laughs) Like, maybe have Aunt Violet read TechCrunch articles out loud to us all. I mean, I would certainly listen to that. Perhaps you would as as well. Uh, You know, but regardless... You know, emojis have become the fastest growing language ever. Every year, over 3 billion people use them to do exactly what Ann Violet does, to communicate, to clarify, and to express themselves. But as a language unto themselves, emojis are doing something a little bit differently. Traditionally, one of the basic goals of language is to promote shared meaning and understanding. But pictures are inherently more open to interpretation and also to misinterpretation. I mean, there's a really good reason why our legal documents are written with words instead of painted in pictures. If there's a disagreement over the meaning of a word, you simply pull out a dictionary. But pictures are far more open. I mean, in English, we even say a picture is worth 
a thousand words. And uh, I don't know if an emoji is worth a thousand, but it's got to be worth maybe a couple hundred. <laughs> That's the voice of today's guest, Paul D. Hunt. Paul works for Adobe and is a typeface designer, a font developer, and also an emoji expert. Paul's emoji work often focuses on promoting more gender-inclusive representation in the world of emoji. And if you've ever used an orange heart, well, you have Paul to thank for it. And, you know, in thinking about emojis and failure, it's really fascinating because on the one hand, emoji designers have an explicit goal in mind. I mean, a peach is just a peach, right? But through reinterpretation and sometimes misuse, new and better meanings emerge. You know, emojis ultimately have to ride that line between control from the top down, you know, in other words, the intent of the designer, and the use or evolution that happens from the bottom up, you know, culture, <laughs> you know, where our work actually lives. And in a sense, being a good emoji designer means embracing ambiguity and taking joy in watching your work take on a life all its own. So, Paul, I've heard some people say that perhaps the primary role of emojis is to create something of a universal language, you know, a language that transcends cultural lines and society, etc. And, you know, isn't a smile just a smile? But I'm curious how you think about that. I mean, what does the role of emoji have as it pertains to the creation of shared meaning? Well, now we're getting into philosophy, um, which I actually really kind of love. Um, uh, but yeah, you made a statement that a smile is a smile is a smile all around the world. And that's not necessarily true. Even um, the, what we think of as a smile with uh, kind of an open mouth and, you know, showing your teeth. That was not common before the advent of good dentistry, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> if you went back in time and barred your teeth at someone, um, they probably would think, what is this crazy person doing? And so a lot of this stuff is actually culturally specific. I think that there is a bit of tendency in our modern, hyper-connected world uh, for things to become homogenized a bit. And I think that uh, our political and uh, economic systems are kind of pushing for things to go that way to a certain extent. Right. That's really interesting here that language is, yes, trying to create a shared meaning, but while at the same time preserving each unique culture and their unique signifiers. You know, you have the global and the specific kind of coexisting. Um, how have these ideas applied to the work that you've done with Emoji? The work that I've been doing is, is trying to promote diversity within the Emoji language, for lack of a better term, for what that system is. And... Um, I'm hoping that uh, emoji doesn't iron out all the kinks in our cultures and that there's still room for exploring that and, and, and re representing those special things about our cultures within the language of emoji. Yeah, I mean, these are really fascinating forces. You know, when you think about, on the one hand, of course, we don't want to homogenize the world. 
at the same time, we need to have shared meaning. At the same same time, you know, you have cultural signifiers, you know, something that's uh, unique to a given region that then, next thing you know, it's on the the, the main stage. It's, it's taken all over the world and starts to take on its own life. Um, has emoji ever had to adapt based on these dynamics? You know, have emojis ever changed in a meaningful way based on these forces? Um, I just looked at uh, my emoji keyboard the other day, and I think that they recently have changed on the iPhone the dizzy emoji, which in the past featured X's over the eyes. But I think because that's kind of more of a Japanese manga convention and not a whole lot of uh, Americans are, are used to that, they changed the eyes to spirals, which are something that is probably more familiar from American cartoon conventions. So, so uh, that goes back to meaning. I mean, a lot of meaning is just these accepted conventions. And uh, so if you are trying to work within a system, you try to kind of use these conventions as much as you know how, but uh, it, it's uh, hard to know all the time where you can stray from the conventions. And, and this is, comes to um, opportunities to, to fail and to fail maybe spectacularly. Um, I know that over time, um, the disparate emoji sets from various vendors have kind of become more and more homogenized and more similar because the idea was that if you send an emoji uh, of a yellow heart to somebody, you don't want it showing up as a heart that looks like it's hairy on uh, another system. Yeah, that's interesting. Again, I mean, you know, systems, meaning tech systems, have their own coded language, their own display languages, uh, and their own visual language, and then, of course, the cultural languages as well. And it seems like those are a lot of variables and forces that you have to balance. How do, how, how do, how do we arrive at meaning? And this is another topic that I like to think about. Um, and for me, I believe that meaning isn't something inherent in the world, it's meaning is not inherent in an image. Um, meaning is something that we create um, through context. And the meaning that we can find in uh, expressing ourselves with emoji arises by using them in context with another person. Um, of course, that's going to be easier to do if it's someone that you have a good relationship with and it's something that you uh, constantly practice um, and you kind of develop your own way of communicating with uh, pictures. And in fact, this is not too different from how writing began in the first place, is uh, people were drawing, drawing pictures that had a meaning and a pronunciation and over time those things became simplified down to, in the West, uh, our alphabets, but in the East, they still have uh, ideographic systems that are highly, uh, that are still kind of very closely related to the pictorial versions that existed uh, in the beginning. This dance between text and image. This is all reminding me of what we teach freshman year graphic design students at NYU in some ways, you know, because I mean, 
one of the first things you go over is this idea of one plus one equals three. You know, that the text plus an image equals this third thing, and that thing is bigger than either of those elements would have been by themselves. And, you know, it does seem to me like emojis are starting to play with some of these dynamics as well. You know, on the one hand, you have the text, but you also have these little emojis, and together they're creating this constructed meaning. And that meaning is, again, often richer than they would have been individually. But it, it seems about designing for and and not so much or. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think that uh, it's unfortunate that we think of things in binary ways uh, to such an extent um, sometimes. I think that, you know, when printing was born, letters and little image, images were kind of always part of the same system. Um, you always had decorative material to add to your printed communication. And um, I think for such a long time, um, well, I guess it's been available to us as, as uh, designers on, on computers in different ways. Um, I mean, clip art being something that we kind of all know and are used to, but you don't really have clip art on your uh, iPhone. So having access to a little catalog of images, uh, which in this day and time is emoji, um, that you can just insert in line with your text. It's just following a trend that's always existed and picking it up and reimagining it for what it could look for, like for our current technology. And um, I think that there is an importance to having um, imagery instead of just pure abstract text. Um, it adds a whole... Uh, additional level of emotional kind of response to a message. Yeah, it seems like this is kind of coming full circle where text and image are coming back together, yeah? Because I am a mystic at heart, um, I believe that um, the, the reality that we all are a part of operates in cycles. And um, I think that um, our culture is part of that and our writing systems are part of that. Many people have compared um, emoji to hieroglyphs. So, I mean, in some way we kind of have looped back on, uh, on over ourselves. And, um, but now we have um, picture writing in the form of emoji and we also have um, writing with uh, letters, which is much more abstract. It'll be interesting as we uh, kind of continue to evolve as a society to see what kind of impact that has on our brain. Um, I believe that the goddess is on the rise. And I mean, for me, the rise of emoji is part of that, um, that process. As makers, as designers, as entrepreneurs, you know, we all struggle with control. I'm actually reminded of the Matrix, especially the architect, because everything in his supposed world was perfect. And in anything that didn't go by his perfect plan, you know, the rules of his beautiful mind 
was seen as something that should be destroyed, feared, run off. It was a problem. And if we're being honest, I think a lot of us are like that as well when we start things. We have ideas and we put them out into the world. And when users, when people don't use those things or interpret those things the way that we intended, we often take that not just as a failure of our idea, but sometimes also even an attack on ourselves. But there's a real lesson to be learned from this world of emojis. And that lesson is that sometimes there's real value in simply letting go. In other words, what some people see as failure is usually simply a matter of perception because failures are often the gateways to tremendous success. I mean, show me a successful tech company and I'll show you a string of pivots that were born from people using their ideas and ultimately changing those ideas. When we allow for feedback, when we embrace uncertainty, our work is often made better than we could have ever made on our own, you know? When we work by ourselves, we're limited by ourselves, but when we open our ideas up to participation, entire new worlds unfold before us. And emoji is such a good example of balancing these forces. These forces between, you know, on the one hand, having uniformity, a set of rules, shared systems and messaging, a framework, while at the same time creating a sandbox wherein participation happens and new ideas are able to emerge. So, Paul, I know that Adobe is releasing the Global Emoji Trend Report 2021. Um, you know, I'm always fascinated to see what new trends have emerged and you know, the insights that we're finding out from this emerging language that we've been talking about. And I would certainly encourage people to go and check that out, uh, of course. Um, but there is something that kind of struck me, and I'd love your take on it. You know, just this simple idea of World Emoji Day you know, is on July 17th. And of course, that was born from the iOS emoji for a calendar that had a 17 on it. And so in this sense, you have, you know, an emoji, uh, a digital expression that was in created in the real world. And I, I don't know, what, what do you think of that kind of an idea? Does that strike you as, uh, as interesting? Any thoughts on that? It's, it's funny. It's one of these things that um, just kind of emerged on its own. Um, it's the weird thing that happens in design where if you design a thing, um, no matter how kind of abstract it is, whether it's a word or a concept or a picture um, or an idea, um, if you give birth to that thing, it's going to take on its own life. And um, so just the act of creating a calendar emoji and putting a specific date on it um, made it so that uh, that manifested itself out in the real world. And that's the power and the impact that design has, is that if you put your intentions into uh, a thing, a symbol, this is what um, they call in magic a, a sigil. Um, if, you, if you make a symbol, and you put your intention into it, and you kind of make it very, um, very focused and um, specific on what it is that you want to communicate. Then that thing has a way of of uh, taking on its own life and becoming a reality in the world. 
And I think if I could kind of uh, get any message across to people from this, that, that that's what it's all about. It's about doing the dance, whether you're using words or images or emoji, um, whenever you're trying to communicate, um, it's a dance and, and the meaning arises from, from doing that process and, and, uh, we should make it fun and we should make it respectful and we should, uh, kind of honor each other as we do that dance and as we do, it'll only make the world more, more beautiful. I'd like to give a huge thank you to Paul, such an insightful person, and I really enjoyed our dance, so to speak. I certainly learned a ton. And if you'd like to reach out to Paul, you can do so on any of the social networks at Paul D. Hunt. Also, be sure to check out the new documentary called By Design Heroes Emoji. The doc features Paul's perspective on Adobe's 2021 Global Emoji Report findings, as well as his work advocating for representative emoji. You can watch it on bydesignheroes.com. And if you're still thirsty for more By Design content, be sure to check out our website, americabydesigntv.com. There, you'll be able to find local listings of our television show, America by Design, as well as watch special extended episodes. We're releasing new episodes of Fail Hard every Tuesday, so be sure to hit subscribe now to stay up to date. And lastly, if you have any suggestions for the show, feel free to shoot me a note. Hello at willhall.co. We'll see you next Tuesday. That's the extent of my computer hood.